0: It is Jetset Breakfast and uh, insightful, informative, engaging. And I have my guest this morning and I've been waiting for my guest for, yes, it's been a while after reading the book. But anyway, let me introduce my guest. Uh, that's Kokezzo, uh, so Sylvia uh, Milosevic, CEO, founder of Riches and Beyond, professional property investor and a property mentor. International speaker, residential property developer, and entrepreneur. She's also the author of the new book, Winning the Property Game. Welcome to Jetset Breakfast.
1: Thank you so much, Bessa. So thank you good to talk me. to you. Yeah. And
0: thank you for gracing us in the studio on a Sunday. Chances are probably we've eaten up your Sunday, you know, because Sunday normally is for family. We've just played Beyonce. I was here. And you chose that song. Yes. Why?
1: Well, first of all, let me greet everyone. Hi, everyone at home. And again, thank you for having me. So I chose that song because it, it resonates a lot with my life. You know, living, living your life in, in, in pepos. That's, that's what I'm doing with my life. And there's a, there's a powerful man Uh, Actually, Les Brown. He said it. He said the following. He said, "Majority of people live their lives until they are the age of 22 years old, but they don't get to be buried until the age of 75 years." And I remember hearing that for the first time. I thought to myself, "What does this mean?" And as he continued talking, what he simply meant is that when we are born, we we have you know as we grow up as we kids, we are fearless. We like you know we we are fearless. We are hopeful. We believe we can conquer the world. Nothing can stop us. And then we get into our teens, and then life starts happening, right? We we start uh, meeting people tell us we're not good enough. We start, you know, getting some scars in life. We fail at certain things, and we get to take chances. And then we get to 22, and around that time, that's when we, 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 we now get into adulthood. Where now we, you know, we get stuck in jobs, we get stuck with debts, and somehow, you know, majority of people get stuck along the way, and and they don't take chances and they don't dream anymore up until they're the age of seventy-five years old, and you're you're laying down on that bed, and having your last breaths, and and thinking to yourself, actually not even thinking, looking back, and you ask yourself, what have I done with my life? So, so that that whole. Um, training or whatever seminar i was watching by les brown stuck with me all my life to say when i'm laying on that bed at whatever age god you know uh uh, calls me back to to home at whatever age i want those last breaths when i look back to say i did i lived i contributed the world is a better place because sylvia was here so
0: wow so choosing the property career path yes how did that come about By default, (laughs) by default, um,
1: you know, how it came about, I think, let me like give a short background of it. Obviously, it's in the book as well. So when I was 16 years old, uh, you know, we had a great life. My dad worked for us. He was a great man. He worked 17 years of his life at BMW. He provided everything for us. I mean, when multiracial schools were introduced, we were there. During school holidays, we'd go on holidays. Life was good. And I remember this one particular day. This was in November 19th, in 1999. Uh, There was a huge... um, BMW was doing a, this massive retrenchment. Actually, a lot of manufacturing uh, companies at the time were doing a lot of retrenchments. And my dad was one of those people who was retrenched after working for 17 years. And I remember when he came home and he told us that he was fired. And nothing about that. day prepared my family for the next three years of unemployment, you know, where I came from, a family that had money in a bank account not even knowing where money was going to come from. You know, yeah, we, we got into this terrible and, and a hard time. So that scared me at the age of sixteen years old. It scared me so much, m- more so because my dad was not a lazy man. He tried to look for another job. He was never likely to get any other job. Long story short, uh, I got to witness my father getting into the deepest depression of his life, where his coping mechanism became a bottle of lion, a bottle of castle, and my dad became alcoholic. And I lost my role model. I lost my hero, my Superman. And I remember thinking to myself, "Oh my gosh." How can you live your life committed to something, you know, that, that was supposed to take care of you until you get old? And just like that, it will be taken away from you. So I, I remember making a prayer that aids to God. And I say, I pray when I grow up, I don't rely on a job as a source of security, nor rely on anyone else to take care of me. So I, I was young, didn't know what the future held. But fast forward, when I turned 21, so my for my 21st birthday, my parents, they didn't do a, a big 21st birthday. But I got a book. They bought me a book on property. It was by Robert Kiyosaki, Rich That Poor Dad. And I read that book for three days nonstop. And that's when I got my aha moment. To say, whoa, this is it. You know, wow, I can then invest in property. You know, everything I learned from that book, how property. You know, gives you control. How it's something tangible you can touch, you can be in charge of. You you can grow it based on how 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 hard you work at it. You know, this this is one of the 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 the, the wealth creations you can create for yourself, and it's been proven historically that it's one of the most steadiest and safest you know asset uh, vehicle that one can invest in. So. It came at the right time because at that time, shortly after that, I, I, I had an amazing, incredible opportunity to go and work overseas on cruise ships. So what I started doing was I started reading lots of books on property, on how to invest in this whole thing called property. When my friends were shopping, padding while we are overseas, I was saving, saving up. And uh, during holidays, I started investing at the age of 23. I'll come and start. In, yeah. So that's that's
0: that's how where it came about. Yes, because I also know that by in, default yeah. in the book, and I like the way you're giving me—you're literally giving me a, a synopsis of, you know, compressing the chapters in the book. Because right. when I opened the book myself, I, I I read the first part. I thought, wow, okay, fine, and then I kept on reading and kept on reading and reading and reading. Before I knew it, I was like, whoa! It didn't take me too long to read it because it was so insightful. Yeah. Because it tells a bit of your life story, but it also talks about your challenges and talks about how to go about Mm -hmm. creating Mm -hmm. that wealth and getting into the uh, property industry. But when we get back, we're going to take a small break. When we get back, uh, we are going to delve a little bit deeper into the book in terms of uh, the different chapters that uh, our author has, 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 unpacked and we're chatting to, uh, Quiquette. so or Sylvia uh, Milosevic and some of you most probably you've seen on TV. she has got a, 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 TV program where she talks about property, but in the book. And I will say this with my hand up because after reading it, it's almost like your one Oh one in case you wanted to start property, uh, to get into the pro- property industry. You kind of like think, okay, I didn't think this way. So if I buy this, it may end up like that. So let me just take a back seat. But more to come when we get back. As Tasha Cobbs. Fill me up. And I'm talking to Koketsu Sylvia Milosevic. And she is an author. And she's written a book, Winning the Property Game. And uh, I like one of, uh, well, there's a quote by basically on, on, in front of the book. It says, this book is pure rocket fuel uh, for that crucial trip to where you want to be. And after reading the book, you will, you will understand why they have that quote uh, right in front of the book. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank so, you, Beth. So why Tasha
1: Cobbs? Why? Mm. why? Wow. Life is hard. You know, uh, life, when I say it's hard, it means that, you know, even the hardness is part of life. And more so when you're an entrepreneur, you know, uh, it's not always easy dealing with staff, dealing with finances, dealing with a lot. So that's my go-to song to, to remind me why I started, but that I'm not alone, that, you know, I, I'm, I'm where I am. The blessings that I have in my life, I never take them for granted. They come from God and that he will never, ever give me more than I cannot pay. So that song reminds me of uh, the support I have and the protection and the love and that I'm surrounded by a greater power than myself. So everything will be okay. Hmm.
0: Interesting. So let's get into the book. You've just given us a, a bit of a... a a little bit of insight as to how you started what drove you what triggered so here you are and you worked on cruise ships yes i did incredible incredible how how did that journey
1: start oh my gosh so (laughs) it's a funny one actually um so i okay for me to even apply to to on ships I was running away from a bad relationship. <laughs> so I had this bad, bad relationship when I was in my teens. And, it, yeah, so I felt like, you know, the only way to get away from this relationship is I need to leave South Africa. So, uh, yeah, no, it just so happened that uh, I, I was working as a, as a casino dealer at Monte Casino. And during one of the, the breaks we had, one of our supervisors comes in and says, guys, there's this uh, American company that down in Cape Town, doing interviews for casino dealers to go and work overseas. What are you guys doing? You're sitting here, like, you know, sleeping away in this, this great opportunity. And the next break, I went to him. I'm like, tell me more. And then he was like, here's the details. Give them a call. I've applied. I'm, I'm going for my interview. Uh, no, actually, he had already gone for the interview. So I, I took the number. The very next day in the morning, I called the agent. And the agent said, can you fly into Cape Town tomorrow? Can you come into Cape Town tomorrow? Because tomorrow is the last day. It's the cutoff day for all interviews. Can you can you fly in and come in? And I thought to myself, my gosh, I don't even have money. Um, I've never flown before. I, I had savings for the rent. I, I was meant to pay for rent. That's the only money I had. It wasn't my money to pay rent. So I, I did what I would like to think that majority of us have done in the past. It's not really a good thing, but I, I'd like to believe I'm not the only one here, Betha, maybe you've done this before as well. So I was supposed to, to clock in for work the next day. Well, you can answer this now on, online, on, on the, on the what, radio. What,
0: what's done is done.
1: <laughs> so I was supposed to clock in for work the next day, and I you know, I, I didn't show up for work. I, I, I took my rent money, bought a flight, Flew into Cape Town for the first time in my life or flying, even going there. And I went for this interview. And when I got to the interview, I remember there were lots of people, lots and lots of people line up. And I, I asked the the lady, the receptionist lady, I said, how many, how many positions are they going to be taking for, for this opportunity? And she said, only 20. And I had my opportunity to go inside the interview, and the the lady, uh, this, there was this beautiful American lady. She looked like Sharon Stone, blonde, blue eyes, red lipstick, spoke this uh, American accent, Texan American accent. And as I sat down, she asked me this one question. You know, the question we always get when we go into interview, I, I don't think we... Majority of us, I'll say for me, I wasn't really 100% prepared. And by the way, a night before I didn't even sleep, I was online <coughs> Googling interview questions, how to answer them. And then she asked me this question. And she said, tell me about yourself. I went like, yo, okay, wait do ask that?" So my name is Kogeto. Uh, at the time I was Moloisan. I'm Kogeto Moloisani. And I'm 20 years old. And before I could continue, she said, wait, how old are you? I said, I'm 20 years old. She said, um, did you read the ad for this position? I said, No. Because remember I was referred to. Um, I was referred to it by by my supervisor. Didn't see it on any ads. She said, You needed to be twenty one years old to apply for this position. And then I thought to myself that moment, oh my gosh, took my last rent's money. Now I have to even go to the doctor and give the letter. <laughs> to work you know and I'm thinking oh my gosh I can't believe I did all of that for coming all the way flying all that sacrifice for nothing and I felt so sad my energy just dropped but she was nice enough and she said well at any rate you are here so it's your interview time slot let's continue and the nerves went out of the the room became myself then she started asking me lots of questions she even asked me how much you want to earn in dollars and I was saying this astronomy color amounts and we were having fun and laughing, you know, towards the end of the interview. And I walked away, went home. I knew I, I didn't get the job because there, there were a lot of people. They need 20 people. I'm 20 years old. I don't even qualify. So about two weeks later, I get a phone call and uh, it was from this lady and she said, I mean, not her from the agent and say, Sylvia, are you sitting down? I'm like, okay, no, what's happening? She says, you, you got the job. I said, what? No way. Yeah. And it's like, you got the job. Um, she liked you because I was like, How? It's like she liked you? The, you you're going to be number 21. Uh, the only thing is it comes with a condition and the condition is you have to wait until you turn 21. So I turned 21. It was the longest wait of my life. I don't even remember my those months when I was 20, because I remember I had a calendar in my, at home in our room. And every day I used to to put crosses
0: on it, you know, until I turned 21. So that's how it began. Wow. And you raised your capital from there? For the Yes, for for when you started your your property
1: profile. 100%. Uh, So my starting of, of investing in property came from, like, the savings I had overseas. But not only that, because I earned a salary in U.S. dollars, converted to South African rents, that also allowed me like gave me a higher affordability with the banks. So it gave me an opportunity to can buy more properties. So that's hence before I was 30, I already had about seven properties.
0: So how did you acquire the seven? What was the experience like acquiring the first, the second, the third, the fourth, how did that happen? Yes. Okay. So let's talk about, first of
1: all, before even buying property, as much as I read all those amazing books from Rich Dad, Poor Dad and many other books, it was a scary experience. Uh, I remember before buying, I used to go to lots and lots of viewings, some with my mom. And I, I could never feel like I was I was ready because it was a scary and a daunting thing to do for the first time. And how I started with the first one, I think that that was kind of like what gave me the confidence to go ahead and do the rest. But how it went about was, uh, I remember I was driving with my mom, in uh, Pretoria, in Acacia current Park, uh, closer to Wanda Park Mall. And as we're driving, we see this big billboard that says new development coming soon. And, uh, and they had an arrow come this side. So we followed the, the, the route and we went in and we met this incredible and amazing estate agent. And she was so nice and she started talking about lots of things. I think she did a good job, let me put it that way, to take away all the nerves. Because she started talking about... That development, where it's located, great location. It was about 200 meter away from the shopping uh, mall called Wonder Park. And uh, in addition to that, she said, you know, there's a this like investing in this development. It's the biggest investment you can ever make because there's a huge migration happening right now. So at the time, what happened was a lot of people were living in Harangua, the township of Harangua, Mabopane, or you know, lots of people were migrating to Amasavabs. That's during that time when you know a lot of people wanted to live in the suburbs and this was like in. The early 2000 and there were a lot of there was a lot of migration into the suburbs She says because of that that means there's going to be a lot of demand with a lot of demand that means there's going to be less supply so when you start investing here i guarantee you at the time they were selling townhouses two bed two bath for 475 thousand 000 rents and she said to me i guarantee you how old are you i'm like i'm 23 so i guarantee you in seven years time by the time you are 30 years old this property you're going to be buying, it's going to double up in price. And I thought, 475 times two, that's like close to a million. What? That's a no-brainer, right? So uh, I then went ahead and, uh, yeah, bought my first property. That's that's how I bought my first property. I guess someone did a good job getting me to that, to cross that line. And from there on, you just need to do your first one. You know, the first one is the most daunting and, and, and scary one. But it becomes easy to go do the second, third, and fourth. And, you know from there on it's all about your ability to can buy more, but even though I had all those properties, uh, everything I did buying them, I did it incorrectly, utterly incorrectly.
0: yeah yeah. and when you say incorrect, so what were the what were the wrongs? Okay, so
1: one of the experiences I experienced was that as soon as those those properties were built, as soon as I got the keys. And I remember the time uh, the same estate agent referred me to a letting agent because I was overseas. It's like, okay, because you're overseas, so that's the best thing about properties. You can you can invest in property. You don't have to physically. It's not like running a business here at home where you have to physically be here. You can be anywhere in the world and still grow your prop, uh, portfolio, but you need support. You need someone to look after all of that for you. So I got in this letting agent referred by the estate agent, gave them the keys. But what then started happening was as soon as, this property we build, got in tenants because it's easy. I mean, we think it's easy to invest in property. Get a, get a, get a, get a. Apply it through the bank. What does the bank need? Three banks. I mean, three months bank statement, three, three salary uh, advices, and you have a good credit score. And just like that, you buy property. So get a tenant in. I thought investing was that because that's what I read from books. But then what then started happening was the following: was that at the end of the month when the rent comes in from the tenant. The rent is not enough to cover all the expenses. You know, as a landlord, you're required to pay for levies. You're required to pay for things like rates and taxes. You know, I remember a few years later, we were even hit on one of the estates by special levies you know there were other landlords who were not paying their levies as a result the state was in financial difficulties now other t- other landlords needed to pay extra levies you know so you're paying your levies you pay special levies you pay rates and taxes you pay for maintenance costs so long story short what i ended up doing was the following I had a tenant paying rent and when I deducted all the monthly operational expenses, what I needed to pay, when we deducted all of that, including the bond plus the interest, I found myself in a position where I needed to subsidize, top up at the end of each month. Here I am topping up a thousand, there, there, three thousand, there. And I'm like, but wait a minute, wait a minute. This, you know, I remember when I spoke to the estate agent, they were talking about ROIs and gross seals, all those glorious, beautiful things, but not even once did she mention any like the reality would be like this, and now here I am, I'm having all these properties, but it it, it didn't give me a good feeling at all. Uh, so those were some of the mistakes I made, and how I got myself to live through that was that um, I always remember, she said, but Sylvia, I guarantee you that in seven years' time, these properties are going to double up. And I thought to It'll myself, a million. Okay, you'll yeah, right. And I'm like, okay, so that means this extra top-ups. And I, I'd like to believe I'm not the only one. You know, a lot of people invest in property, they go through things like this. And I started convincing myself, you know, conditioning myself. It wasn't even convincing, it was conditioning. I literally, to mentally condition myself and say, Sylvia, but stop looking at this extra you're paying as a waste. Why don't you look at it as a part of investment. You've got a tenant paying, like, let's say, $10,000. you are paying 2000 every month. You're going to sell these properties seven years from now. All this extra, you're going to get it back and some more. Then I was like, okay, let's look at it as it's extra investment. But that was not what happened.
0: Wow. We're going to take a small break and um, we are talking um, about winning the property game and I'm talking to uh, Silvia Milosevic And in case you would like to also ask her questions, look, she's in the studio. I must, because I can go on after reading the book. It's like I want to unpack everything, but it's not going to work to unpack the book in a few minutes. It's not just going to work. So you are on SAFM leading the conversation. Give us a Call on um, 061, I mean a voice note, 614 or otherwise just send us a note uh, on that particular number 614 If you would like to ask her questions in regards to uh, property, trust me she 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 she's a home of information where property is concerned I am saying this because I've read the book and I found it very very insightful or otherwise share with us on our Twitter handle at SAFm radio hashtag jetset breakfast or at Bertha charuma 1 and let's have this conversation so that it becomes an inclusive conversation we'll be back jetset breakfast SAFm and uh, I'm talking to my guest I just received a whatsapp by the way it says good morning I just completed my My morning run and driving home (coughs) and just tuned in. What is the name of the book as I'm engrossed in the conversation regarding Yash in Durban? Well, Yash, the book is called Winning the Property Game. Lessons from an Executive Property Mentor. And uh, it's written by Coquette. or Sylvia Milosevic. And the beauty is when you just Google Sylvia Milosevic, it comes up. You get all the info and all the insight. Winning the Property Game. Welcome back. Thank you. And you know that I was saying, I don't like talking to you <laughs> off-air because <laughs> I will get all the juice in the wrong space of time. So we were talking earlier on about the seven years. You've mm. bro- you've bought this property. Right. You're excited. Mm. So seven years. Mm. Did you get the million?
1: <laughs> Definitely not. So, so okay. So um, what happened was um, the first i would say the first uh, uh five, yeah five six or so i started going for a lot of trainings property educational trainings i got myself a mention because i had made so many mistakes i was i wasn't making money i had lots of things to deal with apart from the property appreciating like for example bad tenants tenants who refused to pay the rent because they they knew more about the law than i did and some of them were ready to play the game with me, and they did, you know. Um, so also dealt with uh, that letting agent I got earlier on, ran away with all the deposits, I later found out way, a fly-by-night. So a lot of things I dealt with. Long story short, I started attending property educational trainings. There was this company from, from the UK, they were here in South Africa, training South Africans on how to invest it, uh, offshore. And the, the gentleman who was training was talking about all the mistakes people were making in property, was talking to me about the mistakes I've made, talking about solutions I'd never heard of. Long story short, I went for this mentorship now. I went all the way to the UK, did my mentorship in the UK with my mentor Aiden. And during the mentorship, part of the mentorship was that we look at your portfolio and analyze your portfolio. And he taught me how to do, how to run a, a desktop research, how to write market analysis. And as we're doing that, and now this is fast forward oh, over seven years now, and as we're doing uh, analysis on, on 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 the properties that I own, we realized that there, there was no appreciation whatsoever. As a matter of fact, properties in that area, including Daffodil Gardens, uh, your two beds, two baths, about eight years later, they were still selling for four hundred and seventy-five for two beds, two oh, baths. Sh- wow. Not as like not even a little bit of like a, an incre like you know appreciation zero percent appreciation. So now, Betha, when coming to repayment of your bond, typically, obviously, we take bonds for twenty or thirty years. So let's say you took your bond for twenty years. For for your property to break even, meaning. The the minute where your uh, the okay for the first eleven years, and I know a lot of people like to say seven to eight years, but realistically, when you run a calculator called the amortization calculator, for the first eleven years of you paying towards the bond, ninety five percent of what you're paying towards the bond is going towards interest. So that whole four hundred seventy five thousand mm-hmm. only gets you know majority of it. You'll start seeing a chunk of it coming out from year eleven onwards. So that means that In that whole eight years of me owning these properties, all I was doing was subsidizing them. I was paying for my tenant's lifestyle while they were staying in those beautiful properties, enjoying them. Some of the properties I never even lived in them. So I was paying towards their lifestyle. Essentially, that's what happened. So I had to get rid of all that uh, portfolio because it costed me a lot of money and to get a lot of uh, precious time that I'll never get back. But... You know, they say in life, when you do things that you don't know what you are doing, you will pay for your high school fees. So for my my first eight years of investing in property, I did it my own way, read books, everything I read from some of those books. I went out there and applied it. I had no one else on the side to say, Sylvia, no, no, no. You know, uh, when, when an estate agent says this, ask for stats or, or or let them show you, you know, the historicals of that market. Like, there's a lot that I, I could have done had I known, but I only knew what I knew at the time. So, oh. no, those uh, our, our properties didn't appreciate, and I'm one of those big, big, you know, um,
0: people who, who say that oh. I'm just going to have to you know to to stop you for a second yes. we need to come back we'll come back and continue with our conversation we need to just make some money and we'll be back the jet said breakfast on SAFM destination unknown Yes, it is. And I'm speaking to Koketo, so Sylvia Milosevic. She's the author of Winning The Property Game Lessons from an Executive Property Mentor. And you can go out and actually get the book. It's so easy to read. It's such a nice guide. It's your one-on-one because I know we cannot unpack everything else that is in this book. So the book is readily available. But I'm coming back to to to, to you, Sylvia. So let's talk about the solutions. Right. Yeah. Love it. So big believer
1: that when you invest in property, whatever strategy, whether it's going to be buy to lead, whether it's going to be capital flips, buying below market value, fixed interest, whatever it is you're going to be doing in property, property has to be making you money from day one. So what I mean by that is every single property that we need to be buying has to cash flow. It has to cash flow. Do I believe in future ca- capital appreciation on property? I like that. I believe that, but that should be secondary for you. It should be making you money. So you want to get a tenant who comes in When all the expenses are deducted from the rent, that property has to leave you with a plus something. And obviously, there's a formula on how you find those types of properties, how you negotiate for them, how you pre-qualify them upfront by running the numbers, running your feasibility studies before buying them. So you need to know before buying a property that it will cash flow. And those are the investments that we need
0: to be making. And how did you get here now? Starting from the <laughs> bottom, now we're here.
1: Love it. So uh, also, you know, one of the things that I train all my students and clients is uh, property investing should never, ever be a, like just, you, you don't treat it like a side hassle. Let me buy one, let me buy two, let me buy three, and then I'll see in 20 years. No, we, we, we set up our property investing and turn it into building a successful property business because I truly like to believe that You know majority of us want to reach financial freedom through property majority of us wants to build a huge portfolio that we can pass over to our children that portfolio to leave not only just one generation which is our kids but to live through a lineage of different generation and in order for you to set up something like that in property it takes you to take it seriously Property investing, it's not a one-man band as well. You need to surround yourself with a team. There are 12 distinct people. We call them your mastermind team, and I talk about that in the book, that we call them your mastermind team. These are people going to be working in your business while you're working on your business. Uh, You also need to learn about different ways on how to raise finance. Majority of people know... If I want to buy property, the only place I go to is the bank. Yes, oh, that's a, that, that's that's just one of the ways. There's at least at least ten different ways that you can tap into to raising money to go into property projects. That you never ever miss out on these opportunities. I mean, there's also governmental, you know, fi- uh, DFIs, developmental funding institutions that will finance opportunities for us. And when I say opportunities, I'm talking about your residential developments. I'm talking about mixed use type of developments where they, they, you know, they're looking for people who know what they're doing, who have the right education. They're not even saying have experience, you know. They just say know what you're doing, surround yourself with the right team. They can finance some of these deals up to 90%. And you don't even need to be full-time employed. They don't look at your look at you as better to check do you qualify no no they're not interested in that they're interested in the deals if the deals work if the roi are there the bottom line looks good and you know what you're doing there's huge lots and lots of opportunities many ways out to finance and
0: yeah so and just to wrap it up the song that you've taken that you've chosen i think we're going to round it off with this uh, song india re strength courage and wisdom why Oh, I
1: love that song. It's my one of those teenage songs that when I was growing up and experiencing difficult times. Uh, you know learning about myself, the strength I had so that strong I mean that song used to uh, inspire me to say I am I am strong I've got wisdom, I've got power I can do it I can achieve
0: it So that's my life song right there. Great stuff Koketo Sylvia Milosevic she's been our guest this morning winning the property game lessons from an executive property mentor Trust me all the meat that you need property wise is in the book. Thank you.